This is the Movie Hall of Fame for Friday, September 30th, 2022. And there he is across the table from me. He's not a gentleman, but he certainly prefers blondes. It's Adam Hall. I do? I don't know. I was uh, I was thinking like the Arthur Miller to my Joe DiMaggio. Uh, the Norma Jean to my Marilyn Monroe. I you, wasn't sure. I came up with that one. You're definitely Joe DiMaggio. Uh, I hate to say it, but yeah, I would say so. Well, that's not great, given the things that he does to Marilyn Monroe in this movie. But he loves her, Nico. He loves her so much. It's out of love. Look, <laughs> for all of the shit that this movie has gotten about its fictional depictions of Marilyn Monroe, <laughs> I mean, why isn't the DiMaggio estate mad? You know? Uh, I don't know. How about the Kennedys? Do the Kennedys have something to say about this movie? Is it, well, I don't know. Maybe it has to do with the myth of it all. Yeah. Not, they, they've, pro- they've probably been avoiding a lot of this kind of controversy for years and years and years. So it's like, what are we going to do at this point? Right. You know, it's so embedded into American culture that, like, what can you say? Could you really, like, throw, throwing a tiff over something that happened, like, what, 60 years ago? Yeah. 70 years ago? It's like, okay. I don't know. People seem to be mad about how Marilyn's portrayed in the movie, though. Are they aware that it's a fictionalized take on her life? Yeah, I think they are. I don't, I, but I don't know. I guess we'll get it's into a, it. Yeah, we're talking about Blonde today. You're talking about Blonde. It's a it's a movie directed by Andrew Dominic, and it stars Ana de Armas as Norma Jean, mm. aka Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Um, can't wait to get into it. Lots of stuff to unpack. I have thoughts. We were going to do a different podcast, which we'll probably still do, but yeah. uh, we're going to wait on that because this took precedent, if you could believe it. Yeah. We both saw it. Right. And we kind of immediately thought, oh, God, <laughs> didn't think this would happen, but we got to talk about it. Yeah. Got to talk about it. A lot of stuff to get off our chest. Uh, before we get started, there were some other movies that I, I saw, some current releases that I saw. I don't know if you also saw a few, but uh, I wanted to run down some of those. That you couldn't, like, new, new? Yeah, some new releases. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Let, let's see. What, what? You, what do you got? Because I've seen a couple movies since the last we spoke. Cool. I watched a film called 3,000 Years of Longing. Ah. It's directed by George Miller. It stars Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba as a jinn, mm-hmm. a.k.a. a genie. Yes. Uh, from Islamic folklore. Uh, George Miller made this movie. It's his follow-up to Mad Max. It's been <laughs> seven years since Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, it's an interesting follow-up for sure. I yeah. saw it too. You saw it in a theater or you saw it at home? No, I saw it at home. Me too. Uh, Would have liked to have seen it in a theater Well we're not the only ones to have skipped the theatrical release Because this movie <laughs> did very poorly At the American box office I'm not surprised at all Like the As it was approaching I was like I didn't realize it cost I think 60 million dollars to make And I'm like it, it is a miracle If this movie makes any money whatsoever <laughs> Kind of unmarketable Yes, very unmarketable. It's not. It's not just the actors. It's also uh, the title, right? <laughs> the fucking another one of those great examples where it's like, what were you thinking yeah. with that title? It's it, it's one of those titles that has a number embedded in it, so it makes it harder to Google because you forget if it's two thousand years of longing or four thousand years of longing or a thousand years of longing. It's even difficult for those who are big George Miller fans because, as I am, he's made a documentary series called Four Thousand Years of Dreaming. Oh, so it's like, oh God, no, oh, Jesus, what a, what is going? on yeah there's just a lot <laughs> impossible to market yes it's, it's uh is it an r-rated movie yes yeah it's rated r but it i mean has a lot of the story beats that are familiar to like children i mean uh yeah. you know uh arabian nights is has a lot in common genetically with this movie and um 
you know, genie stories like Aladdin are definitely are, are cut from the same cloth. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, hard movie to market at Very, adults. Yeah. Um, it's, it is a good point. Yeah. Even at adults, it's not, it's not the easiest movie to present to them. Right. Into kids, obviously like, no, I mean, well, the kind of the storybook elements of it, you don't see a lot of those in like an average adult film, you know? No. Like no. I, th- this is something I recognized from like old cartoons I would watch on Saturday mornings. It's, you know, it's something I recognize from George Miller's previous work. He loves fairy tales, and there's a lot of sure. that in Fury Road. Yeah. and it makes a lot of sense that he would be so fascinated by this. He has a lo- lot of love for just storytelling in its purest form. That's you know, it's a conceit he's always been fascinated by. Not, and he's you know, he's wonderful at what he does. But it's it. There there are a few directors that are so like academically focused on this idea of like storytelling in a broad sense instead of just like using a like one story to tell like a like a, a romance or a tragedy. He, no, he's like no, I like all of that stuff. Right. No, I I want to actually dissect the the DNA of stories themselves. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And sort of yeah, parse out what their purpose is to society and, and, and human existence. And, right. <laughs> Which is a, you know, a lot to bite off. I don't think it's too much, though, for him to chew. I like this movie. I like it a lot. I'm not sure it really got there for me. Ooh. Uh, uh, but I think like the last half hour of it is kind of remarkable. And it's something that like I'm so happy they gave George Miller the money to make. Because I, I like if, if he doesn't make Mad Max Fury Road, I'm not sure this movie. No. I mean, could ever get past the point of just a, an idea in his head. It's It sucks that you need to make movies like Fury Road to make anything like this. Right. I mean, because, like, nothing is ever going to be as good as, like, Fury Road. Yes. But, like... It, no, if he made anything did, less than that. Yes, like, it's, right, exactly. It's, bold, it's like, really? I have right. to make... Anything <laughs> short of Fury Road. <laughs> I have to make the best action movie ever just to make right. a movie about a fucking genie? Yeah, just this little idiosyncratic... <laughs> like, give me a break. <laughs> right. I completely agree. Um, I'm not going to expose how high on my list it is, but let's just say it's very high. Oh, I knew you were going to love this movie. Oh, oh this is such an Adam movie. Delicious. <laughs> wonderful. I loved this movie. One of the most beautiful things I've seen all year. It spoke to me quite dearly. Again, I have similar interests that George Miller has in this regard. Sure. I just love sort of the... The meta but not meta qualities to the way it's about stories and how naturally that's incorporated. I just think it it, it lends itself to cinema so nicely. But it's also like a great blending of like cinema is both uh, an, an audio, an oral experience and a visual experience. And it does that quite well with the, the, the idea of like, I mean, generally like the narration scenes in a movie only lasts like a scene. And this one says, let's make a movie about narration. Right. <laughs> and let's make a movie about the visuals accompanying that narration. Yeah, let, let's, fascinating. let's set half the movie in, you know, sort of the old Arabic world. Um, yeah. And, you know, the stuff of fairy tale. And let's set the other half of it in a starkly lit, <laughs> uh, you know, hotel room. I mean, just like a very nice, modern, white hotel room. And... Yeah. Uh, yeah, juggling between the, the, the two of those, I found quite, um, I, I I don't know, I found it quite striking. It was striking. Because it's not something I, I'm used to seeing in a George Miller movie, but he kind of like strives for realism in an interesting way there. And then in the flashback sequences and then in the final act, I don't know, I, I kind of found the idea of like a George Miller movie invading sort of a modern adult drama. I kind of felt the exact same way. To yeah. be kind of cool, you yeah. know what I mean? Because well, it starts out, I mean... 
initially starts out like like they're like nice flashes of George Miller that's to come with like the weird person in the 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 you know she's having visions of when she's giving the lecture and in yes. the airport and you you don't really know what that what the purpose of that is until the genie just interrogates her about it right. which i just really loved uh yeah i i i don't think I think the trailers did this movie a slight disservice because I don't think the movie's anything like those trailers in many ways. Uh, it's not as it's not as like bananas as the trailers make it out to be. It's weird, but it's not like it's like those those trailers are incredibly frenetic, and there's a lot of movement, and it's it's just it 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 almost feels like it's trying to be like this acid trip experience. And I didn't really. Well, I think they put all of the George Miller stuff. The most obvious George Miller yeah. Mad Max flourishes in the trailer. Yes. You know what I exactly. mean? They tried to sell it as sort of like this zany, absurdist comedy. And there's there's plenty of abs- absurdity there, but it's actually a little more careful and tender. Yeah. And it's it's often kind of quiet, particularly in those um, uh, hotel scenes. And mm. I just... God, I love the chemistry between Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba. They're both excellent. It's wonderful. They're both really good in this movie. I'm yeah. so pissed off that it I mean I, I again I knew it wasn't going to do well but like I felt bad for Idris Elba because this is like some of his better work I would say yeah it's actually, certainly lately yes absolutely I mean he's been in you know 90s B movie mode for the last you know three or four years he was doing you know Fast and Furious spinoffs and, and Beast and Beast and <laughs> Star Trek movies and yeah. also, you know, all I forgot he was stuff. in Star Trek yeah and it's like no it, it, yeah it's one of the movies that sort of reminded me of oh shit yeah like that's that's Stringer Bell I mean ah, this, this yeah. guy's like a, a serious movie star yeah. and just has you know I mean he's been he's he's gotten good parts you know Beast of No Nation and stuff like that um, American Gangster or whatever but uh, yeah he is such a interesting screen presence and he's he's actually more layered and nuanced than some of the the newer action movie roles have allowed him to be i feel like he has the potential to be like i don't know i'm I'm a charismatic like harrison ford yeah in many many ways he has that charm he has that lovability whenever he's on screen even if he's playing you know stringer bell or you know a genie it doesn't really matter uh and he's also ridiculously handsome yes (laughs) that's the other thing you know, he came out of a bottle and it's you rub a bottle and Idris Elba pops out. Like, yeah, yeah, there is something just innately compelling about that. I know. Yeah, I I I loved it, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I really I you would really like, like but I, I will admit I loved it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. The reviews were were left me a little cautious and I was a little well, I think the reviews were kind of like we don't know what to do with this. Yeah, movie. that's true. I don't think there was any sort of. Like, I don't think anyone thought it was bad, but yeah, there, yeah, there was not like a lot of venom spewed at this movie. No, they were just messy, and and they weren't they were sort of vague. And I'm like, but it is kind of a messy movie in I'm, a good way, though, for me. In yeah. a very good way, like it begins as sort of like this, uh, you know, as as we said, like standard sort of fairy tale, and then mm-hmm. by the end of it, uh, I, I don't want to spoil too much about the movie, but it takes a turn in the third act. Yes, and the two characters change locations, and also the dynamics of their relationship changes. Mm-hmm. And that stuff is just not the stuff of a hundred million dollar blockbuster. I mean, that no. is, you know, it's dressed up as this like CGI special effects whimsical <laughs> thing, but it is a quiet, mm-hmm. meditative, yes, <laughs> uh, bleak. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes very bleak uh, rumination on like the nature of love. Uh, so I mean I find that shit really cool and that that was the part of the movie where I'm like oh wait a minute there actually is something here um 
Yeah, it's it's one of those movies. Just like give it five or six years, and it might like be an all time classic. You know? I yeah, I, I I completely agree. It's already. I mean, if it if this doesn't have a cult status in a year, I I I would be surprised. It's definitely that kind of movie. Right. Yeah. No, like like I just I just love that transition from being you know this kind of like. I don't know, a deconstruction of stories to like saying, put all that bullshit aside, accept them for what they are, love them for what they are, and then continue to fall in love. Right. <laughs> it's a very optimistic movie, though, at, at, when, when all was said and done, though. Yeah. In, in, in some, somewhat of a hard way, but I, I came out of it very uplifted. There's a great sense of everything's going to be okay once the movie's uh, concluded. Right. So I was, yeah, yeah, I don't know. The movie made me feel really good. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting watch. Yes, I highly recommend everyone watch it. Yeah, I like don't like don't let this movie get swept under the rug. It's I I thought it was great. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very high on my list. <laughs> I thought it was excellent. Wow. I'm very I'm yeah I'm I'm quite surprised by how much I like how much like everything kind of worked on me. Yeah, because I didn't think the narration aspect of it would be so effective for me, but it kind of was. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that approach to, you know, a campfire story that's extended essentially for the entirety of the movie. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of, again, the stuff that I watched and read as a child. Like it's true. It, yeah. You know, there is sort of a child like whimsy to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Visually but not in an too. annoying way. No, 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 no. Not, not, not at all. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to come down on the, you know, I guess you could say artificiality to the way it looks, but it's, it's, I don't know, like stuff like that doesn't bother me when the subject matter is appropriate for it. And it's all a fairy tale. So no, it all seems very intentional too. It does. Like, yeah. I mean, cause Miller's just like so freaking precise, man. The guy is just, Crazy. it's amazing at, at this age too. He's an old guy, you know, he's making some of his best work. Like this is better. I've seen every one of his movies uh-huh. and this is, I don't know. Like, I really like this movie. It's up there for me as like, one of the better things he's done. Yeah. I like it more than, What's the competition? I like it more than Lorenzo's oil. So, apparently, that's not a high bar to clear, though. I like Lorenzo's oil. Okay, it's, it's good. I haven't seen that movie. It's good. Okay. I like it more than The Witches of Eastwick. As fun as that movie is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better than the Happy Feet movies. <laughs> There's the lower bar, but I like the first Happy Feet. Yeah, don't don't really get penguins, <laughs> let alone dancing penguins. Don't really get what the big deal is. <laughs> I like penguins. What's wrong with penguins? No, nah, they're fine. What do you got against penguins? I don't know. Mr. Popper's penguins. Oh, uh, I see. March of the penguins. <laughs> penguins of Madagascar. I've just never not ever been a huge fan. Have you ever gone to a zoo and just observed the penguins? They're delightful. There's these little stubby birds that walk around and they're funny looking. We've got a lot to get to today. I'm going to dispense with the uh, penguin talk, but uh, <laughs> but we love- let's agree to disagree on that one. Okay, whatever. <laughs> we- they do look funny because they look like they're dressed in tuxedos. And they're cute. That they're- is the thing about penguins that... If a penguin walked into this room right now, you'd want to scoop it up and give it a hug. I'd be like, is he going to a wedding? Because he looks dressed up. <laughs> That's really the only thing about penguins at the end of the day. I love them. Yeah. What uh, else did you see? Uh, okay, I saw uh, a, a movie called Crimes of the Future. Aha, we, yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. I told you about that. Uh, Crimes of the Future is directed by David Cronenberg, uh, starring uh, Viggo Mortensen, uh, Leia Sidu, and Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Um, and a very weird turn, I guess, for her. She's, she's yeah. very strange in this movie. So, uh, Cronenberg's on his art house shit. That's what he's doing now. He's And this is an artsy movie, for sure. Uh, 
What's the premise of this movie? It's the not-so-distant future, and humans have evolved to the point where random organs are growing within them. Yes. Uh, and some in the underground arts community have decided to uh, uh, to find art in these bodily anomalies by performing surgery. Yeah, they also. It's also important to note that... Be- through this evolution, they cannot feel any pain. Right. Which is why it goes beyond just like, you know, cutting someone open and removing this new organ. Uh, sometimes it's just like creating these weird scars in your forehead or surgically implanting ears all around your body. Sure. Uh, sewing your mouth and eyes shut. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mid coitus uh, characters will just like stab each other with machinery. Uh, and then you have like, you know, these, these weird, uh, these weird mechanisms that look like they're f- like from an H.R. Geiger painting, which are like a giant, uh, like gyrating testicle that makes your back feel good. There That's what go. it's for. Sure. Um, it's much more of an Adam movie than an eco movie. <laughs> I kind of loved it. <laughs> Figured you would. Uh, it's it's strange. Um, it's both very on the nose and obvious, but also hard to understand. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's because it's a noir. That's why it's hard to understand. I don't the the right. the, the, the um. The subject matter, and I guess what it's getting at, for, if, talking about it from like a, I don't know, from an e- d- breaking down the ecological questions that it's discussing and mankind's relationship to those ideas, and also just our relationship to art. Yeah, just taking the piss out of artists, really. But I see, I but, find that kind of ringing hollow, though, because this is a movie that is clearly up its own ass. It yeah, is no, an the- <laughs> art house movie in every sense of the word, while criticizing pretentious artists. Yes, you but, know. But we've liked movies like that in the past that sort of have their cake and eat it too. Yeah, I don't know. It's it it, it it's fun. I if I think the script's really good. I don't know. It's a it's it's an <laughs> it's not at all. I didn't know what it was about. It's not what I expected, and I certainly didn't uh, think that it was going to go in that sort of noiry route when I first saw. It. And it took me a minute to figure that out. At first, I was like, "Wait, what is he doing? Oh, he's like a surrog- like a, an an insurgent trying to understand." These plastic eaters, whatever yes, they are. Right. And then why are we going to plastic eaters? Why is this even a thing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's, yes, I, I think the, the the machinations of the world are confusing, but I also agree, yeah, in terms of like what it's getting at thematically, it's not the hardest thing to follow. Yeah, I kind of get it. I mean, yeah. like, right. Uh, the idea that, you know, all art comes from within us and we are just surgeons trying to un- unpack it, you know, like uh, that's, uh, and, I think, kind of a... I, I would say a flawed way of thinking about the artistic process, and this movie definitely takes a shot at it. Um, yeah, I just kind of movies like this that are overtly parodies without being particularly funny. It's although not, the movie is sometimes funny, like eh, a little bit sometimes. But. I, I don't know. Like I, I, I kind of have a hard time uh, discerning whether or not I should be taking this seriously or whether or not I should be laughing at it. Uh, it's good. It's good. It's it. But let me put it this way: it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting movie with some imagery I will never forget. It is quite gross. Very gross. Quite gross. Uh, And I'm not really sure what the line sex is the new or surgery is the new sex is really supposed to mean. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, it's good. It's just not an eco thing. No, yeah, it's a hard thing. Yeah, it's a movie that I thought about for a while even after. I'm not I haven't gotten to the bottom of everything with it. Yeah. Uh. But I don't know. The provocative nature hit all the right nerves for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a lot of fun with it, strangely. Yeah. I, I found my, you're right in that I did find myself laughing in a good way 
in a much more in, way that I thought was more intentional than I expected. Right. I think, yeah, I definitely think the, the homage to the driller killer, for example, was great quite stuff. funny. Yes. That was quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the way they do it, it's just right. It's a uh, boy. Yeah. Those, those two characters in particular are kind of it's yeah, it's it's weird. It, it's like really it's a really bizarre movie. Yeah. The, 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 the art, the artistic motivations are a little muddled just because you're right in that. Like I'm. In terms of like coming at it, is it is it is it trying to be satirical or is it genuine? I don't quite know. Right. Is it satirical is it, or am I supposed to take what I'm seeing at face value and consider these characters in like an actual reality? Which I mean, listen, I have no problem trying to square the two of them. Like there's there are plenty of movies throughout history that try to do both. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like you know, there there is something both grounded about the stuff happening, but also just so silly oh, yeah. that you have to like you have to imagine that this is satirical. Yeah, I know. You know? And it's not done with that same ambiguity that something like Videodrome is done. Sure. You know. Right. Or it's not as not quite as I don't know. There's a there's a greater strangeness baked baked into the DNA of every element of that movie where it's like th- this one is a little more disparate with the um the silliness and the um you know what it's actually getting at right. on a deeper level. Right. Uh, but it's uh I love that Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, <laughs> no, lot. everyone's quite good. Uh Kristen Stewart is just doing her twitchy thing. <laughs> it's different. No, well, it is different in this. I it's not I haven't quite seen this Kristen Stewart in a little while. Yeah. Uh I liked her a lot in it actually. Yeah. Uh I liked kind of everybody in the movie. Yeah. Uh Leah Sadu is uh awesome and, yeah. and super weird and alluring, but I'm okay with that. Yes. I love the ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not sure exactly. I guess I, maybe I do know what, it, what it's getting at, but it was, uh, again, it's like for, for, I thought it was criticizing that. And then with the ending being what it is, I'm like, oh, was I wrong? <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to be like a, 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 a numbskull about this. Like I, I understand like there's a, yeah, the movies can be complicated and I don't need to be told how to feel at every given moment. Uh, but yeah, th- this one kind of felt to me like Cronenberg's at the stage of his life where he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I have this idea. Let's put it on the screen. Let's see how it works out. It's going to be a little messy. It's not going to be like, you know, the fly, this perfectly manufactured mm. or even like um, uh, History of Violence, which yeah. is very efficient in how it uses its screen time and, and gets you exactly where it wants you to take you. Um, but, you know, it. I'm cool with it. He's an older auteur just messing around with shit. And That's fine. Yeah. 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 This so, is what this is what we got. Carpenter would have hated this movie. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Carpenter would have been like, you're so full of shit. But Carpenter don't, doesn't get along with Cronenberg anymore for this very reason. Because yeah. he's like, I can't have dinner with that guy anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think at one point they were kind of, I mean, yeah, Cronenberg was always a little more... Um, idiosyncratic let's say his movies have always had this tinge to them even like like i said with video drones yeah, scanners or scanners stuff, yeah. even the fly to a degree has that yeah uh, the fly is more of a carpenter movie i would say closer yeah yeah for yeah. sure for sure for sure yeah yeah it's a so, great movie yeah the fly uh yeah that is a great movie love that movie uh cool crimes of the future yeah i i i really like it yeah I really like it. <laughs> what have you seen recently? I have a few more, but I'll give you a chance to talk. You want me to go? Okay. Yeah. Some movies. Uh, we talked on the other pod, Barbarian. We both watched that three thousand years long, like we just said. I did watch Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, and it was it was it was great. Yeah, it was a lovable, sweet little thing. <laughs> what a lovable 
little guy. I give the movie a hug. What a cutie. <laughs> it's a delightful. What a cutie. A charming little movie. Standout performance, not as much by Jenny Slate, but Ingrid uh, or, or Isabella Rossellini. Yes. Oh, fucking good. In yeah, this she's movie. great. Really good in this. I was I was I took particularly particular attention to her role. I just loved her so much in this. Yeah. Uh, God, just the sweetest, most genuine thing. And not a single line felt phony. I was like, God, that's convincing. It's so good. It's really well observed. Yes. It's really smart. And again, I'm just, I just think Jenny Slate's unbelievable in this. She just, she takes all the mustard off of every line. (laughs) She really, she is giving a genuine child's performance. She seems like a kid. During I this, I agree. Um, it's, it's 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 crazy. I'll tell you what, man. When they opened that drawer towards the end of the movie in the other guy's house, I lost it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I am not ashamed to say, tears were streaming down the face, man. You were you were so happy to see that little piece of macaroni. Oh my god, <laughs> I could not believe it. There's a Cheeto in there. It was it was so cute. I mean, like it's such a you know manipulative, cute lovable Paddington-esque movie uh but I'm a sucker for it I mean I don't I don't I don't care man it's just so damn sweet yeah I know love that little guy call me a sap it, no that's okay you are a sap yeah but uh <laughs> but yeah th- I don't know this this earns it I know with especially with that character I I I, I just thought it, it was impossible not to crack a smile and also just so funny it's a really 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 funny, funny, funny movie yeah. really really funny I, Nathan Fielder shows up towards the end he plays uh Marcel's brother that's right I could tell yeah that's right yeah, yeah. it was really good <laughs> I was like who is that oh that's Nathan Fielder <laughs> yep yep yeah I, it's 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 a ton of fun I, I really <laughs> when I Marcel it. keeps shitting in the uh, in the car oh he's not he's throwing up oh he's throwing up right <laughs> oh, I'm sorry <laughs> It's like a baby. Like if, if you've ever seen a baby throw up, they do it and then they just. Right. I didn't do that. <laughs> it's amazing stuff. Really good. Um, I saw uh, Lightyear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you see Lightyear? I, I didn't. Uh, oh, man. Um, is it a Toy Story movie? So I can like rank it the worst Toy Story movie. <laughs> so my understanding of it, because of course, Chris Pine tweeted it's Chris Pine, right? Or Chris Evans? Chris, Chris Evans? Chris Evans. Sorry, I get my Chris's confused from time to time. <laughs> Racist. Um, yep. But uh, you know, I remember the tweet that came out when Disney announced that this movie was happening. And he said, just to clarify, this is not about the toy Buzz Lightyear, but this is about the man that the toy is based on. And that was supposed to be clarifying. But when everyone saw that tweet, they were more confused, including me. I wasn't quite sure what that meant. <laughs> the, mo- the movie explains it with an opening. Right. And I've uh, since seen this title card. Title and card, yeah. that to me was a lot more easy to understand. This is the movie that Andy saw. Boom. Yes. Uh, Beautiful. Perfect. Doesn't feel at all like it was released in 1995. I yeah. don't know. But I, I know. but I get that though conceptually. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. I have my own issues with that. Uh, I have my own issues with like if this is the movie that Andy saw, like he likes some pretty lame toys, <laughs> like because like Buzz Lightyear is like highly unlikable in this, <laughs> <laughs> which was shocking. Uh, I thought Chris Evans was terrible. I'm just gonna say it. I just oh thought he was, no! I thought they should have brought Tim Allen back. It's yeah. To 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 say he's not Tim Allen would be a gross understatement. Mm. Yeah. It's not like Tim Allen's Olivier, you know. <laughs> it feels that way. <laughs> Chris Evans is quite 
horrible. Oh, I, no. I have to be honest. He's just really terrible in this. I'm just, I was, I was, and I was surprised that he was so consistently bad, but there is nothing believable or lovable or charismatic about that character in this. And I love Buzz in the other movies. I do. Mm. And this was just like a vapid, uh, it, it like, like, I can't even call it an impression. It's trying to be an impression, but it's not. Mm. <laughs> it's it's the most soulless version of the character I think I've ever seen. Uh, with a story that has... Including when Buzz like spoke Spanish for a half hour in Toy Story 3? If you can believe it. It's even less soulless than that. I would agree. Okay. Uh, also, like, no fucking stakes in this movie. Mm. Urgh, Do they go to space? <laughs> they go to space. Uh-huh. Briefly. Are there aliens? There are robots. Okay. There's like a plant alien thing. Okay. So that's that. Are the little aliens from Toy Story? In no. There? Okay. Not in it. That's disappointing. Zerg's in it, but it's not. It's not Buzz's father, which it should be, according to Toy Story Two. Right. It's not. It's funny who it actually is. Okay. Should I tell you who it actually is? Uh, I. I okay. Sure. I mean, I don't have any guesses. Uh, okay, spoilers to those who okay, care fast about layers. Like Fifteen seconds. Da, 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 da. It's Buzz. Buzz is Zerg. <laughs> Zerg is me. <laughs> no chance. I'm watching this movie. <laughs> I'm so out. They do a whole interstellar traveling around uh, the sun. Yeah. Buzz gets older and he meets up with his older self. Wow. And you could have saved the people stranded on this planet, but you got in your own way. And if you just learned to work with a team, you would have been so better off, Buzz Lightyear. Uh... <laughs> so not good is what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's, I, I tried. It's... <laughs> not the worst movie i've seen this year but i was trying so hard to give it the benefit of the doubt talking about one that's worse it's so fucking boring it's so fucking boring yeah yeah god (laughs) it's another like recent pixar issue but like we're, we're in the perspective of buzz through the entirety of the movie and there's that time dilation thing that happens like in interstellar uh but we you know we're given again like like two minutes of like him like quote unquote traveling through time in another two minutes with the other characters that are supposed to be aging. And then when we come back to the characters when they've gotten married and had kids and they're about to die, the movie's asking me to feel really, really bad for these characters that I still don't really know. And then mm. they die mm. and you get that very manipulative music and Buzz is getting emotional. My friends that I spent so much time with. Well, I didn't spend any time with them. <laughs> uh it's it's not very good. It's not very good. Oh man. I hated the ending. Oh man. I'm sorry. I oh, wanted no. to I wanted to like it. I really did, but like I, I was it's like maybe it gets better. Uh no. 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 Oh no. I'm sorry. Pixar. What are we doing? Uh Turning Red was good. <laughs> yeah, no. I, <laughs> at least red, we had a turn, yeah. We had one. Yeah, Turning Red was good. Yeah, it's kind of like the it, we're we're kind of batting five hundred now with Pixar movies. Like it's yeah. one for them, one for us, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know who the them is, but uh, yeah. I mean, last year Luca, I thought was whatever. Um, I I loved Soul. You didn't. I I get it. Um, but it's no question. Uh, 
a lot more of a roll of the dice when you go to a Pixar movie in 2022 than it used to be. Crazy to think about because for our entire lives growing up, it was just a hit after hit. 100% batting average. Like the worst you got was A Bug's Life and that's an awesome movie. I love A Bug's Life. No, the worst you got was Cars. Oh, right. Sure. Cars is the only hiccup that they ever had. Right. I love a bug. Yeah, but even that was like, oh, it's it sells a lot of merchandise. Like we all sort of conceptualized in the moment like, oh, they're just they're making those movies because it sells toys. And basically, um, yeah, it's not even the worst thing. It's It's not. It's fine. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Cars 2, on the other hand, quite bad. Never got around to Cars 3. I never saw Cars 2. Not good. They make like Mater like a super spy. Is that right? That's like a James Bond thing. How the fuck do you make Mater a super spy? It contains multitudes, that truck. That Larry the Cable guy. Fit a lot of stuff up there, can he? Yeah, it's kind of like his movie. Larry the Cable guy is like the main character of the second one, which is one of many reasons why it does not work. Uh, but, yeah. I want to see a shared universe where the girl from Titan comes to the Cars universe. Mm. It's a better movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Pixar. <laughs> where have you gone? I have seen more movies, but I'll let you continue now. Uh, I saw a movie called Funny Pages. Oh, yeah. You mentioned this. Funny Pages, A24 movie. The guy that, or the kid, I should say, from Squid and the Whale, his name is Owen Klein. Yes. Uh, he's grown up now. He became a comic book artist, and now he's making movies, and this is his debut feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Safdie Brothers produced. Okay. It is a Safdie Brothers movie in many ways. Um the sort of handheld nature of it, the the anxiety-provoking nature of it, mm-hmm. uh, the odd characters populating New Jersey, um, uncomfortable watch, but the kind of uncomfortable I love. Why is it uncomfortable? Uh, well, so it's about this kid that becomes a... Uh, who, who's aspiring to be a comic book artist for Mad Magazine. And he... <laughs> becomes infatuated by these sort of underground sex comics. I forget exactly what the phrase is, the the term for these comics is. I'm not a big comic book guy. But there are these comics that sort of make the rounds in underground comic communities and are sort of in the back rooms or under the, 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 uh, the table at uh, comic book shops. And uh, he has this art teacher in high school that, in, that uh, uh, inspires him to, you know, pursue this... Um, this dream of his and the opening scene, uh, this is kind of a spoiler, but not really the opening scene. He's with this art teacher and uh, the art teacher is going through our main characters drawings. And there's a lot of like, you know, pictures of naked people and very like pronounced comical ways. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, you have like an awesome point of view. You fuck college, man. Just get into it. You should be working for mad magazine tomorrow. And he's like, look, you have such a great point of view. How about you draw me naked? <laughs> and the art teacher gets up on the desk and strips, but, and he's a large guy. <laughs> and he's standing naked in front of this child. <laughs> and the child draws him. And then two minutes later, uh, after this very uncomfortable exchange, the art teacher uh, gets impaled by a tree. Oh, in sweet. A, in a car crash. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> and... That's only like the sixth or seventh weirdest character that this guy runs into (laughs) through his sort of odd coming of age story. He runs into criminals uh, and uh, weird landlords and tenants and sexual perverts. And uh, yeah, he just sort of attracts the scummiest uh, people in society. And um, okay, 
in that Safety Brothers way, in that like, oh, I've never seen a guy like that in a movie before. Like, just uh, Uncut Gems was like this. There's like six or seven yeah, guys true. that are just in the margins of that movie that. I mean, you would see walking down the streets of Manhattan, but you wouldn't see on screen. And okay. uh, yeah, I, I thought it was like awesome. Right. Super fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Like really just darkly comedic. Um, <laughs> right. And uh, the, the guy's got chops, man. The guy's a point of view. It's it's really, really good. I would not recommend, though, again, to like the people that are uh, easily disturbed by, okay. by sort of like, you know, weirdos. I like weirdos. I clearly am not. I've been surrounded by them all my life. I'm yeah. doing a podcast with one now. That's but, true. Yeah. <laughs> Funny pages. Awesome. Awesome. Funny awesome. pages. Really good. What else have you seen? I also saw a movie called Confess Fletch. Oh, okay. I heard about this. I didn't see it. Confess Fletch. Uh, Chevy Chase movie from the 80s. Fletch. Oh, you said this is an old one. No, this is the sequel to the Chevy Chase Fletch. That came out this year? It came out just a month ago Ooh. to zero fanfare. I think it's like a Miramax movie. I didn't even know Miramax was still around. But it came out on video on demand only. And it stars John Hamm as the titular Fletch. The ex-investigative reporter that kind of just bumbles around life solving crimes. Uh, just make a hundred of these movies. It's so fun. It's so fun. It, it is based on, it's not really a sequel to those originals. Uh, the originals are based on a series of novels okay. of like neo-noir comedic novels. And um, this is just an, an adaptation of another novel. So it's not oh. really in the same lineage. It takes place in modern times and they don't really address events in prior movies, but it is all in that same sort of vein. Uh, just uh, one of those classic, they don't make them like you used to. Solid mystery uh, with a really fun John Hand performance. At oh, the interesting. Of it. Okay, yeah. I I never saw the original Fletch, so yeah, it's I, good. It's okay. good. I yeah. never I never had like the motivation to. I heard of this, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, uh, Fletch lives from a couple years later. I never saw, but uh, yeah, just the 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 zone, the pocket that I want my movies to be in oh, at I this see. stage of my life, you know? <laughs> just a really, a really fun time. I mean, just the breeziest watch ever. You could watch it with your girlfriend, your wife, your brother, whatever, just your kids. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. All right. A lot of fun. Some really good comedic performances in there and some snappy ass dialogue. Greg Matola, who of course did super bad and Adventureland, oh, okay. made this thing. Um, I see. I like him. And yeah, it's just, again, it, a guy that doesn't try to do too much. Knows exactly what the tone of his movies ought to be and knows how to hit the mark. And um, effective, yeah. effective guy. Super effective. A David Gordon Green, I suppose. He's yeah, sure. Lineage. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll check it out. Confess Fletch. All right. Yeah, you're going to watch it and be like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I that's not necessarily true. There, there's a movie that you you talked about. Uh, how many other movies have you seen? That's it. I'm I'm good. Okay, because I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to be a blonde podcast. I know, I know, but we're just it, we're 40 minutes in. Oh okay, fuck! All right, <laughs> we're catching up, guys. Don't worry. But um, God, I've seen a what? Lot. What were you gonna say? Uh, because there was a movie you were talking about earlier on that I was like, I'll never fucking watch it. And then I watched it and I kind of loved it. It's called Hustle. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was great. Wow. You loved Hustle? I loved it. Absolutely. Really? You want a you want a breezy watch that makes Adam happy like, oh. Are you serious? Hustle was a fucking delight. What? I loved it. 
I loved it. You loved to hustle. I did. Wow. Yeah. That's a movie that I'm like, there's nothing in here for Adam. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It is like a, it's one of those great, like I'm having a bad day. And yeah. then you just throw on that and it's like, ah, uh, warm tea. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's the bits. It's just great. gets the job done. That movie, yeah. right? Just yeah. totally. Okay. Perfect. Like hitting all the right beats, all the same, the, the correct character motivations, correct character arcs and hitting all those points. And, yeah. you know, the right kind of conflict between Adam Sandler and his talent. Mm-hmm. I love that, 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 that guy who was a bad, who, who, who that was that guy. The, the main character yeah, is he, played by Juancho Herman Gomez, who's kind he, of like a role player in the NBA. He's, okay. he's an NBA player. I knew that. He okay. is, he is not an actor. Surprisingly good. Yeah. Very good, I would say. You know who's really good uh, is the guy that is like the main recruit that's competing against him for the number one pick. Oh, that guy's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, the sort of the trash talking. That's Anthony Edwards, who Uh, was the number one pick in the draft like two years ago and is like on the cusp of becoming a superstar NBA player. Wow. So he is like, like, Juancho Herman Gomez is kind of a guy that they can sort of plucked out. Like, you kind of have like a... You have that something that might that, translate into movie stardom. He's got, the, yeah, yeah. He's got that Rocky energy. Right. I, I felt. Yeah. But like, Which Anthony is. Edwards is a legit, like, all world NBA player that just gives an awesome performance in this. Yes. Not no. as himself, actually playing no, like just, a character. Yeah. Yeah. Just take notes, LeBron James. Right. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. But I like the idea that it's so obviously Rocky, just t- told from Burgess Meredith's perspective, essentially. Yes. It's great in that way. And yeah. I just had a wonderful time with every trading sequences. Their camaraderie is the most delightful, awesome, lovable thing. Sandler's I, good. It's like, it's like you want lovability in movies. It's like hustle in Marcel. I just want to give those scenes a hug they're just so it's so 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 good for the soul yeah it was a it was was a great fun time yeah i'm shocked you loved it uh yeah no it's a movie that i was just predisposed to like (laughs) because i mean there are so many cameos it's insane (laughs) i mean it's absolutely insane i'm like these are all basketball people for the most part a lot of them i recognize a lot of them i didn't yeah but the, just the fact that there's a lot for that on both sides right yeah <laughs> i was like no oh right there, there are a lot of modern nba players i mean dr j is in yes, there yeah. uh it's overwhelming yeah it's ridiculous I, um uh, kenny smith plays uh like um adam sandler's college buddy mm-hmm. uh who like tries to get him you know uh back into the game essentially yes. uh he's again just like a a player turned broadcaster now and he's playing an actual character and he's quite good everybody's good in this movie everyone's good yeah it's 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 tough man working with athletes like the safety brothers did it really well too with kg yeah and, they did and spike lee did it well with ray allen too and he got game uh but i think what all those directors were successful at and I, I don't know what this guy had done before hustle but he's really good at like bringing the material down to their level and just feeling like yeah. be yourselves and the thing that makes you compelling on the court is the same thing that's going to make you compelling on screen. Oh, yeah. Don't try to be fucking Robert De Niro, you know? Oh, yeah. It's also like, and trust me, that's why I hired you. Stick yes. to that. Right. You know? Yeah. You know? They're very good. Um, yeah. Man, I'm glad you liked it. I really loved it. Yeah. I really did. It's, it's high on my list, too. I, it's awesome. Wow. Awesome movie. Okay. I'm yeah. so happy about that. <laughs> How about Duvall for like five minutes? Yeah. I was. I love seeing him, but I'm like, as soon as he died, my heart broke. Yeah. It really did. <laughs> uh, it was great. Really good stuff. Um. I'll get some of the more disposable ones out of the way. I saw a doc- older movies now. Uh, I saw the film called The Alpinist, which is a documentary, really re- pretty good. Uh, yes, God, Yes. Delightful, funny, funny movie. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah not not bad. Saw a uh, uh, 
I, I think it's a it's a Japanese horror film called Pulse. Okay. Uh, or Cairo, whatever you want to call it, from two thousand one. Um, has perhaps the single scariest scene I've ever seen in a movie. Really? What does it involve? A ghost. Okay. You know, first thirty doing min- ghost things. Yeah, ghost haunting doing go- and such. Yeah, yeah, it's it's horrifying. Okay. Even to me, it was horrifying. Uh, so that should say how effective the whole the movie in in its entirety is not like the scariest movie I've ever seen. But if you ask me to pick out one specific scene of a movie that just fucked you up, it's like that one. Yeah, and you oh, got really effective. The whole the first thirty minutes of that movie are really uh, terrifying. But it 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 climaxes with this one moment essentially, it's just building and building. And then you get to that part, and it's like, oh my god. Are you on like a Japanese horror kick right now? <laughs> what did, what what are you? <laughs> What made you ask that question? What 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 have what what else have I watched? <laughs> uh, well, I saw you're on my HBO Max account, just like uh, going through fucking like what? Going through some shit. I don't know. Are you sure it was me? Maybe not. I don't know who's watching <laughs> Japanese horror movies on my HBO Max though. I'm not sure. I've given my password to far too many people apparently. Well, I mean, none of my other movies that I'm about to list are Japanese horror, <laughs> well, so I don't know. Doing that. We must find this person. <laughs> <laughs> probably Jabril. Yeah, probably uh, <laughs> was. <laughs> Good point. Uh, but very good. But it's it's essentially a, about a, um, a a ghost apocalypse where they invade your computer screens and show you videos of ghosts, uh-huh. and then you kill yourself. Okay. Uh, it's 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 pretty awesome. Okay. I I, I think I loved it. Cool. Um, loved a lot of movies on this list. Um. Saw, uh, I guess, I don't know if this is applicable, because a lot of people were talking about it, I figured I'd bring it up, but I saw the whole Dahmer show. Uh, people love that thing, well, I shouldn't say people love, uh, people have been watching that thing, a lot of people have been watching that I saw the whole thing, binge yeah. the whole thing, uh-huh. and I think the first five episodes are, well, first six episodes are great, and then, it, yeah, then it starts to get a little preachy by the end, and yeah. a little distractingly so, and not, not in a way that felt like... True to what it was, because because I thought it was really interesting and smart and nuanced prior in the way it would deal with its ideas and mm-hmm. some of its social, uh, uh, it, some of its social commentary. Uh, but yeah, they then they kind of lost their shit by the end of it. Uh, not 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 a not. It's weird because it's not like a great show. Those but those yeah, those first six episodes are really really awesome. I have to admit. Uh, and despite the fact that I don't think it like necessarily sticks the landing, uh, yeah, I guess now we it's probably going to be like the definitive Dahmer story in the way that like Chernobyl is now like the definitive live action yeah. Chernobyl thing. I have a thought, and yeah. this, I have not seen the show, and I probably shouldn't cast judgment on it. But just as a person that has chosen not to watch the show, here's my humble opinion: uh, Can we just make these into movies? Do they need to all be fifteen fucking episodes or however long this thing is? Like. Is it necessary? Can we? I mean, we used to just do this in two hours, and that was it. There is a Dahmer movie called Dahmer, starring Jeremy Renner, right? Which is good, actually. Yeah, it's good. It's fucking weird, but it's good. Yeah, uh, it's you know. Can we stop with the like? Not everything is uh, serial. The podcast, you know, not everything <laughs> is like. I know why they do it. They do it because the kids love binging and they yeah, love yeah. talking about serial killers. And there's like a, it's especially young women. There's a real obsession with true crime. I, I get it. I totally get the whole thing. But like, I don't know. Fincher was doing these movies 30 years ago and no one was talking about him. It's incredibly Fincher-esque. Yeah. So let's just, them. can we, let's leave this to the professionals here and let's just make these into movies. I, I, at least it's, a, it's not a 
it's not a continuing series. At least it's a mini series. That's all I can say. It's like I'd rather take the mini series over this thing that's extended for like fifteen seasons, right? Uh, so I'm fine. They're, they're, obviously, they're not going to tell because it ends with you know with with his story concluding. Yeah, where he's you know being. To How death. is Evan Peters? By the way, excellent. Yeah. I, was, I like that guy. He's really good. Did you watch Mayor of Easttown last year? I heard it was fantastic, and no, I did not see it. It's really great, and Kate Winslet's great in it. Um, the Evan Peters has a, an arc that's like three or four episodes long, and he's really good. He just like injects this energy, this like youthful energy into the show that is so fucking fun. Mm. It's, he's really good in that as awesome. well. I like that guy. Awesome. He's great. Is is one of, I mean, right now probably the best performance I've seen out of him. But I haven't seen the uh, that other show. So yeah. maybe I will. Yeah, watch that one next if you want to watch some true crime shit. <laughs> is that a true crime thing? Well, it's a no. It's not true. True, but it's a crime. <laughs> Crimes happen. All right, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, and finally, before we get to Blonde, which is the last movie I've seen, um, I saw a, a film that was released wide this year. I, I guess wide released at Sundance. I think uh, it's called Vortex by Gaspar Noé. Oh, he's still he's still at it. Huh? Oh my God! Yeah, dude, Are you kidding me? <laughs> he does not. He's made a lot of movies. They haven't arrested that guy. No. <laughs> Uh, you might love this movie. Really? Yeah, because it is just about an old couple slowly dying in an apartment. <laughs> wow. Starring Dario Argento, uh-huh. surprisingly, who's fantastic. He plays the lead in the plays movie? the lead in the movie. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's... Dario Argento? Is he an actor? Has he acted? I don't think so. Wow. But he's a hell of a director. He's been around. Yeah, you know, of course. But I didn't, I didn't really. Yeah. So I, I hope he had. I would think he had some chops and he does. He's very good. Very, very good. Uh, and just a really sad, touching, you know, kind of made me cry on occasion movie told entirely in split screen. The whole thing. Whole thing. Wow. You have one thing happening on the left side of the frame. One thing happening on the right side of the frame. Eat your heart out, De Palma. It's the craziest use of split screen I've ever seen in my entire life, and it's not even close. Wow. And there's a lot of reasons. I'm looking at screenshots now. They'll show like the same shot from two different yep. perspectives. Wow. There are there sometimes it, it it works on so many different levels for so many different reasons. Yeah. It is the it, it's such an interesting choice. It reminds me of the uh remember that what was it season four of better call Saul remember that cold open where they put Jimmy and Kim in a split screen and they went about their days oh yeah remember that they started by brushing their teeth and (laughs) yeah that like five minute sequence essentially shows them drifting apart Interesting. It's like yeah, one of yeah. the most brilliant fucking things I've ever seen on TV. That's really interesting. The amount of like what it, it, it's allowed to show you for that reason, though, and the amount of like deceit that sometimes happens in certain scenes and the kind of l- like longing that one character has for another character and the questions she has about what he's doing or the questions he has about what she's doing and the the way it's paired like like. Uh, like when he'll ask a question about like how how well his wife is doing and then you see her in this in this room doing the weirdest most horrible s- stuff to herself i mean it's nuanced but it's like she's like turning on the gas for a stove and then just standing there wow. as the gas fills the room and it's just breaking your heart nonsense it just it, it it by nature has to keep doing that it's the craziest thing uh it's really great i some might find it boring but i was pretty transfixed by it um and just, God, yeah, heartbreaking ending to everything that happens, too. 
Does it does it end in the way that a lot of movies about old people end? They actually get younger. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can imagine. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, but no, it. Funny enough, it actually reminded me of Playtime. Huh. Uh, in, in that, like, the movie is is fiercely and consistently directed and there's a lot of it going on and there's a lot of intentionality to a lot of decisions that are made and you have to be precise for the split screen to make any sense. Uh, But by making it split screen, the movie kind of allows you to view it however the hell you want. Right. Similarly to Playtime. Like your experience with Playtime would be radically different from mine. And this is another great example of that. It's movies like this just never, never, never happen. So it's sort of fascinating that he was, you know, able to get it made at all because it doesn't even matter that he's Gaspar Noe and he's a weird like artsy filmmaker. Even guys like this will sometimes have trouble getting stuff like this off the ground. So I'm happy it exists. It's awesome. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure thing. I think that's cool. Yeah. I, I remember th- that show, The Affair, that was on Showtime for a couple years. Oh, real trashy show. I wouldn't really recommend it to anyone, <laughs> but it it has there's you, there there are perverse pleasures to be had with it. Oh, if, I see. If you're that kind of viewer. <laughs> um, but the cool thing about that show is that each episode would play the same events from two people's point of view. Ah, oh, cool. And you would get you know their perspective, but literally the events would change, not just the actual the eyesight, the eye line, but like you know, how certain events played out, how certain arguments started, how, you know, certain things came to be, were told from two people's point of view. And I, yeah, I always thought that was an interesting way of, I, well, I, it, it's of course, it's the, it's the, um, uh, the Kurosawa movie that, that does that. Rashomon? Yeah. So it's the Rashomon yeah. thing of like, mm. you know, of, of telling the same story three different ways. You get like this sense of objectivity. Oh yeah, so yeah, okay. okay. You know, you you get an objectivity that you wouldn't get from just watching some something in one person's point of view. I mean, like the definition of ob- objectivity is that it can be viewed from a million different perspectives yeah, yeah, yeah. the same way. Last duel is another example. Right. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. See. Um okay. Awesome. I love those stories. I love them. Yeah. That's cool. That sounds like it's kind of similar though. Vortex. But it shows you it shows you both perspectives at the exact same time, and that's a weird place to be in. Sometimes it shows you the perspective of other characters in the scene because it's not all, it's not strictly the husband and the wife. Sometimes the son comes in, mm. and that's another whole other layer that's very challenging and upsetting. Wow, it's really great. It's it's I haven't seen many Gaspar Noe films, but of the ones that I've seen, this is his most tender for sure yeah. there's nothing really exploitative about it it doesn't really go for it in the ways that a film one film in particular does uh no this is you could watch this like you could watch this and and and, and you know not necessarily lose sleep over it so, wow uh it's good this was not even on my radar but i have added it to the watch list it's great so i'm looking forward to it yeah okay that was long now that we got that out of the way let's get to the main event here. <laughs> okay uh blonde 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 it's a movie on netflix that you can watch at this very moment from the comfort of your own home and certainly that is the place to watch it uh you won't be very comfortable no you won't be very comfortable for most of it uh (laughs) it is a movie uh, that has been kicked around now for a number of years at one point jessica chastain was attached to play marilyn and um, you know, it, it was always based on the Joyce Carol Oates novel from 1999. I think there's a TV version of this. There is mm-hmm. from like the early 2000s. It was a mini series. Um, but you know, it had been a passion project that Andrew Dominic was obsessed with even before, um, he made uh, killing them softly. Uh, and yeah, the first time I heard about Ana de Armas 
acting in it was I think 2019. So this had this had been uh, definitely festering for a bit. Uh, and it's here now. And the thing that is most notable about it is it's NC-17 rating. Uh, that's something that you know the press quickly picked up on of what exactly is in this movie that would make it NC-17. I think reports of that have kind of been exaggerated. To say the least, yeah, unfortunately. I don't really get why this is an NC-17 movie. There are R-rated films that I've seen that are much more explicit than this. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but obviously the content here is disturbing and the way that it's shot maybe is is what pushes it over the edge. I don't know. The, in- the intensity of it for sure, the visceral nature of it for sure. But even then, I would still say there are R-rated movies that you know go further than this yeah. does. I don't know. Wolf of Wall Street is much more explicit. It's much more. Yeah, you're right that it's more explicit, but this is a harder watch, much harder watch in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. There are PG movies that are a hard watch. I mean, no, but that's not what I mean. I yeah, mean, no, I, get I mean, it. like you want to PG movies that you don't want to shut off, regardless as to how hard they are. This is right. a lot of people want like are like fuck this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Abby couldn't get through it, if you can believe it. Uh, I can. <laughs> <laughs> that math checks out on that one. That has been a frequent thing uh, uh, with this movie, though. A lot of people. People, there are a lot of reports going around about people saying, like, yeah, we haven't even bothered sitting through the whole three-hour fucking thing. It's very long. Two it hours is, and 45 minutes. It's very long. Yeah. Um, and we both have our own thoughts on it. I saw it right away. As soon as I got home from work, Me too. I, 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 I had to watch this movie. First chance I got. Uh, and then I watched it, and I think it took me about two sittings, which is fine, I guess. But holy shit. <laughs> holy shit. A lot of movie in this movie. The whole thing is a lot. It's, it's not even just the length. It's just the movie like 30 minutes of this movie would have been a lot of movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the weirdest movie I've seen all year. How about that? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's the weirdest fucking thing. Yes. On a technical level, it is very strange. Not even just a technical level from, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know. The whole ethos of this movie is is what ethos? Just <laughs> good point. Yeah, just every everything about it behind just even the mo- the motivation for why it was made, the attitude of yeah, the movie. why he wanted to make this. I don't fucking know. Yeah, um, and yeah, I mean, I guess I have a lot of thoughts, but it's it's I, I we were talking about this off pod, and I I don't I don't dislike it. I don't like it either. It's this weird like middle ground thing where it's like, I don't even want to prescribe a rating to it. It's just this thing. You go to a museum and you you're pummeled by and that's that. And you just kind of (laughs) you walk out of the out of the museum and you talk about it. Right. It's a weird. It's so it's God. It's so weird. This movie. Yeah. Uh, I can't say I wasn't entertained. And that's what I'm kind of having a hard time with. Because in many ways, I find this movie to be distasteful, bordering on evil. Uh, And that's not a good thing for a movie to be. I mean, like, the obviously there is... There is a, a provocation that is necessary in all art. All art should be provocative in some way. I've said that before, and I'll stick by it. But uh, some movies test my limits in that regard. <laughs> yep. And this movie definitely does that. Uh, it's kind of the dumbest movie I've seen all year, uh, on top of it being weird and also visually striking. Yep. Uh, 
So, okay. I mean, getting to that point, I mean, as a visual exercise, yeah. you could talk, you could, we could spend this whole, whole podcast just talking about this movie as a visual exercise yeah. because to those who haven't seen it yet, well, l- let it be known people. It's a different movie scene by scene, or yes. at least a different aesthetic scene by scene. Yes. And it's the craziest, like, like mental experience I've had or emotional experience, all that shit, just dealing with this story and how it doesn't allow you to ever find your footing is, right. was so fascinating and jarring just not at all again i've said this aspect ratios change change constantly color changes constantly without much thought really the free flow like sometimes it's a fincher film and then other times it's like this handheld nyu student film sometimes it's lynchian sometimes very lynchian i was incredibly surprised by how surreal the film gets it's not quite lynchian but it's closer than you think yeah well it certainly wants to be yeah that's true wants to be lynchian uh, and it's been compared to Fire Walk With Me, um, which I kind of find insulting to Fire Walk With Me. Uh, blonde. Yeah. You know, I liked it at first glance. The more I've sat with it, the more I've realized that this is just a piece of shit. Um, if I'm being frank. Yeah. I think like it is a movie made by a person that clearly knows how to compose a shot. Uh, and and knows how to paint with the canvas of cinema, but cannot rub two brain cells together when it comes to scripting. Um, it's, yeah, that's true. Okay. It's a very dumb movie. It's a movie that is not well thought out at all, and not particularly cinematic in its characterization of Marilyn Monroe. And, but it, it, go ahead. it's it's not. But it is at the same time. Yes. Everything. Okay. And it's one of those frustrating fucking movies where every nice thing you could say about this movie, one could criticize as to and, and, and show as to why it's bad. And then vice versa. Every single reason why someone would say it sucks is exactly the reason why it's actually a masterpiece. <laughs> and my take, my, my take is. This is like, I get what you're saying, but like, this is what Dominic, like, this is how he would describe his own movie. And but I'm just like, fuck you. Dude. No, I like, agree. Yeah. And, but this, and this is what I came away from. I'm like, like, it's either a great film or a terrible movie. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's mm. like these people in this movie need to be careful. Like, this is, this was a very, very, very dangerous move because I, to Ana de Armas, to Andrew Dominic, everybody involved. Like this movie is this close to being a Showgirls. Yeah, it, it's right, this, it's right, this, right. Yes, it's this yes. close to being a Mommy Dearest. It's, yes, it's, they, they, and Jesus, they yes. came. It's not, yeah, but with none of the fun though. No, no, and that's that, the problem. That's, yeah, <laughs> I kind of wish I got Showgirls to be honest. <laughs> sort with of. You. Yes, there's fun to be had. Yeah, right. But that's what you're getting, guys. You're getting something that is teetering on Showgirls. Uh, bullshit. Yes, <laughs> and and yeah, but you know what? Those showgirls is made by a smarter guy. Much smarter. <laughs> Let's be honest about it. Let's be clear. And a guy with at least like a point of view about like who this character is. Like Elizabeth Berkeley, at least is a person in that movie. It's a really bad performance. But yes. and, and Ana de Armas actually gives I think a pretty good performance. In I would this. agree. Yeah. But uh, Marilyn Monroe is not a person in this, and Elizabeth Berkeley is a person in Showgirls. And like, if that's the bar that I'm measuring movies on, which I think, okay, to me, like that's what cinema is. Like, cinema is the experience of learning about another person on screen. This movie fails the test in every way, in every conceivable way. Okay, she's not a person, Adam. She is not a person in this movie. <laughs> She is a beautiful thing that bad things happen to. I mean, that is the only thing I've learned about Marilyn Monroe. In this entire movie, yeah. The entire for three hours I'm just watching bad things happen to her. Her very existence is defined by trauma. And like I get it, but there's more. Oh yeah. There ought to be more. <laughs> 
You know, like even the most grotesque, shallow yeah. 80s horror movies. You know, like the worst Friday the 13th movie characterizes <laughs> its final girl in a more nuanced way than Blonde does Marilyn Monroe. I completely I mean, agree. She is the subject of nothing but rape and abuse and vitriol and 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 commodification and like that's it. Yeah. And she is simply a vestige for all of that. And Andrew Dominic just subjects her to it. I'm spitting. That's how much I'm. I, I'm this movie makes me angry. Yeah. And like, let it be known, by the way, the movie makes yeah. me angry too. Yeah. To, but. It, 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 <laughs> God, so she's not I a person. I, I mean, she's just okay. not a person. No, and no, as, as nobody's as a these person. In, are. Nobody's a person in this movie. This is yes. not a movie that is inhabited with one real character. The well, fucking, there was there was one who. Uh, I think Brody's kind of good in this. Yes, he's great in this. I think he's pretty good. That's a great point. I will, yeah. I'll take that back. With the exception of Adrian Brody, one of his best performances, as a matter of fact. The 10 minutes of like the two of them together is the only part where I'm like, oh, I'm actually watching like a movie about people. Yes. I was the where I'm like, oh, like when they had dinner together. And he cries. And he started her. crying when she was explaining the motivations of like, okay, there's a movie here. Do that, Dominic. But yes. like, he's so disinterested in two people no. actually sharing a connection and sharing a real human moment and enjoying each other. And he's more interested in just crawling into Ana de Harmas's vagina. Literally. Like, literally. <laughs> like, it's... It's so frustrating. It's did, so frustrating. I, I didn't expect to come out of it because I'm usually very forgiving of exploitation films. You know me. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's beyond that. No, it's no, not even. But go ahead. But 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 like even even the 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 weirdest exploitation films sometimes often serve a very interesting and effective cinematic purpose. But like I don't get the point of. Placing a camera in Ana de Ar- well, fake Ana de Armas's vagina. Yes, to give a perspective of a baby that she's gonna abort. <laughs> if that's not exploitative, I don't know what. Like, the, like the doctors are aliens. I mean, it's beyond that. It's just corny. I mean, it's it's, it's beyond. Take whatever moral hangups you have with that idea yes. and just take it on face value. It's insane. It's fucking stupid. It's stupid. I mean, it's just stupid. Yes. Right. But this is like I'm not offended by ideas. I'm offended by stupidity, and that's what this movie ultimately is. But that, but okay, this is the thing about the movie when talking about like judge. This is the thing. I I mean, I have many. If the movie's not trying to be an honest portrayal of uh, human beings, fine. There, there are movies that do that. Like I don't, you know, and they go about in their own ways, and some of them are great, and some of them are terrible. But you know, you're. Your range on on movies like that is going to vary wildly because they're so artistic because you can look at a painting and say it's amazing and look at a painting and say it sucks. And it's kind of the similar thing here. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm not prescribing a rating to it. Mm -hmm. I didn't personally like it at all. (laughs) I kind of hated it. But um, this... um, but it's 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 a movie that uses its characters as ideas. Everyone in here is an idea. Every every yeah, not, yeah. not necessarily a good idea, but that is what right. they are. Yes. They're not they're not they're not real people. They are they are vessels for Andrew Dominic's. I don't fucking know. Or I guess or, or a way for him to comment on 1950s America. I guess. Um, yeah. It's like, I mean, 
obviously he read the book for the first time in the early 2000s and he's like oh this is interesting yeah like marilyn monroe represents something about america no shit sherlock she represents something but this and is- he's like what if i made a movie where we explored all of 50s femininity and the in the female experience through the eyes of this person as if that it hasn't been an idea that well, it's been done to death a i mean million novelists and filmmakers like we all know how iconic this person yes, is she's like, like you know the- what i mean well, this is the thing. This movie is like, God, it's, it's like I, I, breaking my head. I read in this, a review this week. It's like making a movie about the Statue of Liberty. I mean, that's how iconic Marilyn Monroe is. But like, I mean, whatever. But that's what it is. It's, we all understand that she became the prototype of American sexuality for 50 years. You know what I mean? Like the symbolism and the iconography of Marilyn Monroe is not lost on us. But it's it's a movie that is like trying to like attack that iconography. It's it's more yes. of an attack on iconography than it is than it is Marilyn Monroe. Right. And that and that was such a weird again distant kind of soulless approach. It's not really treating anyone like a human being okay. in the movie. Let me for that reason. <laughs> maybe this will unlock what, what we're talking about here. But I read an interview with it. Andrew Dominic has just been on fire on the fucking interview circuit this week. Yeah, just I know. getting in arguments with. Journalists and critics and it, it, it's been a fun time. Yeah, the, the, the movie is winning the conversation, if not the hearts and minds of America at the very least. But uh, Dominic has been out there and they're like, so, uh, uh, you know, what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> like, why'd you do this to Marilyn Monroe? What do yes. you like? What's the point of all this? And his answer commonly was, well, this is a. A story about a woman that kills herself and I want to figure out why she killed herself okay let's take that response at face value even though we're not a hundred percent sure that she actually did kill herself in real life there's still some debate to that but whatever mm-hmm. uh but let's take you on face value you want to discover a truth about her through fiction And that seemed to be, that's the problem here, right? Like, I'm trying to uncover a greater truth about about feminism through a fictional depiction of Marilyn Monroe. Yes. Pick a lane, my guy. Like, pick a lane. Well, here's, did it need to be that? Like, you can uncover a a great truth and just as tragic of a movie by... Talking about her actual life. Right. Because she didn't have a great life. No, and that's the problem, <laughs> like, is the movie fictionalizes the events and actually makes them more one-dimensional and boring. Yes. It's like you like it's, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, for example, or Inglorious Bastards, right? Obviously is engaging in revisionist history to make the movie more cinematic. Yes. Right? To make the murder of Sharon Tate something worth celebrating. But it's Marilyn Monroe. She's the definition of cinema. <laughs> right. No, it, you exactly. Don't, you don't need to do that. The story is interesting enough. Yes. <laughs> so he transposes this idea about what women go through, I guess, while at the same time, uh, you know, changing all of the actual events of her life. Like, th- the story is interesting enough. Yes. You know, so... I, I'm just convinced Andrew Dominic didn't think through any of this. Like, I'm just convinced he read the book. He's like, this is cool. Wrote the draft. Didn't revise it. Had all these cool ideas about, you know, recreating some of the iconic Marilyn images, which is admirable and fun well and fine. done fine yeah. it's a, and it's it's important to say it's an incredibly well made movie yes but like i like uh, it, it kind of goes back to what i'm always talking about just like n- like like it just comes down to like like elegant storytelling 
Hmm. A lot of the time, I, I I don't even know what he's doing here. Because like you said before, like the the ideas that he's presenting are not novel in any way, shape, or form. Right. And they're also the most obvious ideas. Yes. It, it, it is the most obvious on, on the psycho babble. Yes. But, like daddy issues, really? She says daddy. Really? <laughs> to every man. Every man that she encounters is like... It, it is so on the nose. And again, that's just it brings me back to this idea of you're going to fictionalize it to make it more universal. Yet you insist on, you know, uncovering the deep truth about Marilyn. And it's like, pick a lane. You yeah. know, I'm t- I'm totally OK, again, with taking artistic liberty. And listen, I am no, not me too. I am not in any way, shape or form scandalized by the same things that Twitter seems to be scandalized by. Like the like I don't particularly uh I, I don't particularly care whether or not her activism is included in this her you know her her uh her stance against mccarthyism the building of a new studio like these are all things that i've seen online I'm like why didn't you include this about marilyn monroe why didn't you include that <laughs> it's like just make the movie you want to make like it, again once upon a time in hollywood like everyone got mad that Sharon Tate didn't talk enough in that movie. Well, no, that's you transcribing onto the movie what you want the movie to be, the version of the movie that you would have made. Make the movie that you want to make. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm fine with Dominic taking liberties and changing details, whatever. I don't care. But I have to evaluate the movie as it exists. Yep. And the movie that exists is inherently not interesting. No. It's just not interesting. No. And it's just, it's, she's not allowed to be a real person. The one example, uh, go ahead, say what you're going to say. And that I have, I, I've, I'm all, I've always already forgotten what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, no, I guess the, to, to a point about like, in, 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 and trying to give a perspective of how uninteresting it actually is, guys. Like, I learned more by watching My Week with Marilyn. Mm. A lot more about Marilyn. I didn't see that movie. Good movie. But there's a movie where Marilyn Monroe doesn't feel like Marilyn Monroe. You want to know who she feels like? Norma Jean. Yeah. Yeah, I also don't care about that either. I don't anyway. care. Regardless. <laughs> but but that was... a but Marilyn that, is a character I play. But again, the, she doesn't say it in that movie. You just, right. you're yeah. just like, oh, sure. this, this, this Marilyn Monroe, as I thought I knew her, is not really here in a good way, in a sweet way that sort of, you know, turns her into an actual person <laughs> and, and breaks down why it sucks being Marilyn Monroe yeah. in a much more tender, elegant way that's tasteful, that actually teaches me something about humanity. And I I think what I, I keep coming down on, it's like, it's not that I am, it's not that I think like an approach where like everyone is an idea can't work. I'm sure there, there, are, there are examples I've seen where that is the case. I don't watch those movies the same way I watch My Week with Marilyn. But at the end of the day, I just think the approach to this is just all wrong. Yeah. It's all it's just and it's just idiotic. It's idiotic. It's a stupid movie. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people compared this movie to JFK. What? Um, <laughs> and I think like on the surface, the comparison tracks. It's about a an iconic figure. In fact, JFK is uh, portrayed in this movie and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but it's about an iconic figure and it takes liberties with history in a very obvious way. And it's also heavily stylized and frenetic mm-hmm. in the way that Oliver Stone is. But the movie that I thought about while watching it, ironically, was not that movie, but another Oliver Stone movie, Natural Born Killers. Mm. That's the movie I thought of. While it I is was similar, yeah. Uh, dealing with a lot of the same themes of, you know, the, the toxicity of media and violence and abuse 
and childhood abuse and how it sort of manifests itself in adulthood and daddy issues and all that shit. Uh, I like Natural Born Killers. I know you don't, but... That's another movie I would say. A lot of the characters are more representative ideas than actual people. Yes, but at least they're ideas. Now, Tarantino doesn't like that movie. And one of the reasons of the many reasons that he doesn't like that movie is because Oliver Stone, uh, in one particular scene, uh, Juliette Lewis is unfaithful to Woody Harrelson, and Woody Harrelson rapes a woman while Juliette Lewis is away. And they're two characters that are... uh, seemingly unfaithful to each other throughout, although they are partners in crime and sort of Bonnie and Clyde way. And uh, Tarantino always talks about how uh, he felt betrayed by, um, by that particular scene. Uh, of course, Tarantino wrote the script um, because in his original version, they remained faithful to each other the entire time. And although they were murderous children on a, on a rampage by the end of it, uh, there is an underlying uh, romanticism to the yes, story yes and there's actually like you know feelings that human beings have from time to time <laughs> and it's just inherently cinematic and i thought about this while i was watching this movie um you know like it's 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 raw but it's not real you know what i mean nope. it's vulgar it's provocative it's edgy it's nc-17 but it's not real You know, and sometimes something that is cinematic and maybe romantic or a little schmaltzy and over the top is more real than the torture porn that we're subjected to during (laughs) this. Yes, I hate to say it. You know? Again, I I heard the reviews. I'm like, torture porn? Really? Yeah. And I I agree with them. I do. I mean, it's just not real. And like, there's no human being that is this victimized in the world that they are stripped of all of this humanity. Like someone like, and clearly like you saw her on film. You saw, I mean, in some of the great movies of all time and you heard recordings of her and you saw her on talk shows. And it's like, this is clearly a person with, uh, with something. This person has a something, Mm -hmm. you know, and this movie, she has nothing. And it's like, I don't know why you want to do it with Marilyn Monroe at that point. Yes. Like, make your own character at that point, right? right? Like, I don't, it it does make me ask, like, well, okay, well then what's the point of using Marilyn Monroe this way if you're not going to approach it in such a manner? Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it, guys. Yeah. I don't know. Can I read it? Exactly. Go ahead. Can I read a tweet from Jay Bauman? We, we, we got, we got sent this one, but this perfectly articulates like my feelings on the movie. He, 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 he tweeted, uh, after he saw the movie and he said blonde is one of the most hateful biopics i've ever seen but it's so well made well acted and totally totally unhinged that it's kind of admirable almost it's an insane movie that goes big but is also somehow one note and awful <laughs> what a weird ass movie mm. yeah yeah it's uh <laughs> it is <laughs> no i mean again just like just being provocative is not enough like there needs to be something like dude <sighs> It's it's just not clear to me why he wanted to make this. I guess it's not clear to me why Dominic was. And again, I I like his work generally. I think Killing Me Softly is a movie that audiences didn't like, but I liked a lot when it came out. And Assassination of Jesse James is a fucking masterpiece. Yes, I I think he I, is capable of nuanced character stuff. Oh, but. absolutely. I mean, even just his seasons of or his episodes of Mindhunter are some of the best. Really good, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I I I mean, are we are we asking that question because it's hard to believe it was his point of view was this simple? Yes. I think it's obvious what the movie's about. It's just hard to wrap our heads around that it would be so uh, uh, simple minded and stupid. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 this one note when when Ballman mentions the one note thing, it's it's absolutely correct, and it's it was so crazy because it's like every scene is a different vibe, and every every scene is a different aesthetic. But God, it's so fucking repetitive in what it's doing. It only serves one purpose, really, right. <laughs> which is just to dehumanize this person. Let me read you it's another crazy. Qu- another Dominic quote. This is from the uh, Sight and Sound interview. Oh boy. Uh, Another key aspect to the film is that you swap aspect ratios a lot and move between color and black and white frequently, too. What's the rationale for that? Okay, so let's see. Dominic, we've established, is not particularly good with character. Uh, Certainly not in this movie. Not in this movie. Uh, Not really interested in getting to the bottom of what makes Marilyn Monroe tick. Uh, Is way more interested in the abuse that she experiences. Uh, Fine, but... He's a visual stylist. He must have a good answer to this question. Oh, no. Surely, Adam, right? No, no. There's no story sense to it, Andrew Dominic says. It's just based on the photographs. So if a photograph was, you know, four by three, then we do it four by three. There's no logic to it. <laughs> other than to try to know her life visually. What? <laughs> This is what we're dealing with here. <laughs> you want to know what her actual life looks like visually? It didn't have cameras. <laughs> it, did, it was not viewed through a fucking lens, bro. So like even <laughs> what? Uh, like the one thing that I would give the movie credit for is it looks incredible. It seriously like there are frames that belong in museums. Yes, uh, the, the opening with the, the the women driving through the fire. The fire is amazing. Shit, that's great. And I I thought I was in for something really special when it got going like that. Yes. And then as soon as Marilyn arrives, right. The other thing that frustrated me so, so fucking much is when she kept saying, "I'm Norma Jean," right. and oh, you're God. Marilyn Monroe the whole fucking movie. We get it. <laughs> I mean, we get it. I mean, like, yeah, no, but right, like. You would think the one thing he'd be keen on is is you know his sense for visuals. Like you would think, like there would be a reason why he switches aspects. Yes, right? yes, yes. There's yes. a reason why he there switches is a from color to black and purpose. white. Yes, even in a Lynch film, which feels random sometimes, right. there is a emotional storytelling reason. Yeah, for even why if you can't identify that. it, like you at least know, like in Lynch's case, he's meditated on it and he feels like this is the right choice. And Dominic's just like, yeah, four by three, it's all the same. But this is the thing, like in a Lynch film, I've I've always been like, I don't know the precise reason why that choice was made, but it definitely feels right. Right. Uh, and I, I was watching this whole thing and I'm like, yeah... Why though? Why? 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 Every, almost every time they switch aspect ratio, I had no idea why, and it and it it was this cognitive dissonance through through every single switch. And it made no sense to me. Yeah. And yeah, no, it, there yeah, was like even the black and white. Like I thought, okay, maybe they might switch to black and white when she's Marilyn, and they yeah, might so switch I, to color when she's Norma Jean. No, not that. Maybe they would go to black and white during the movies and colored, you know, to recreate what the mm-hmm. movies look like. Now, Seven Year Itch, which is a color movie, the yes, scene I is in black and white, and then Some Like It Hot is all. It's like there's no, was, there's nothing. I was. So could be, and then the aspect ratio in this uh, right. seven year inch doesn't scene. even match. <laughs> it's like what? No rhyme or reason whatsoever. Yes, it's fucking random. Which again is its own. It it it, it creates for its own bizarro uh, fever dream experience, which is why I I it reminded me so much of Mother. Yeah, you know, I didn't think about it when I saw the movie, but you've since brought that to my attention, and I think that's a pretty good comp. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's another movie where Aronofsky just puts <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence through the ringer. Yes, 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 yes. But like even that movie's kind of funny in a perverse yeah, way. Like yeah. awful things happen Kristen, to her. Kristen Wiig shooting people just made me laugh yeah. so hard. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, there are some pleasures to be had in that movie, you know. And this one is just no, it's just awful. I mean, the abortion sequences it's are so- I mean, let's talk about the. Do whole. we want to talk about the abortions? First of all, but by the way, I, re- I was texting with Abby about this, and I was telling her about the movie, and I was like, "Babe, I, I, I don't know if you should watch this." And she's like, "What could be so weird about it?" Oh, like, you didn't watch it with her? No, no. Oh, okay. And I was like, "No, like there are scenes where the camera is inside of Vana de Armas's vagina." Yes. And she's like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, they're uh, um, abortion scenes." And her, she was like, "Holy shit!" And she, you know, we talk for a second, and then she ends up coming to. I didn't realize Marilyn had any abortions. Well, <laughs> there's a reason for why you didn't know that. <laughs> they invent. I mean, why did, like, why did they do this? Why did the they fuck even, did they do this? They even invented the the Charlie Chaplin Jr. Uh, like. I want to say that Charlie Chaplin Jr. is one of the most offensive characters in this movie. Like, yeah, and I don't, Edward I, Rob, Ed, Edward G. Robinson Jr. is yes. that who the other one was? Yeah, I've, I don't know what those people were. Like, what? What? Yeah, that uh, from all I from what I understand, that's not something that ever happened. No, of course not. Yeah, there, but, there's not even a like a rumor about it. Like, okay. it just wasn't a thing. And why Charlie? Like, if you're gonna go that far, just have it be Charlie Chaplin. Have her, have her be sleeping with Charlie Chaplin at that rate. God, like, if it's gonna be that weird and, and nonsensical and, and, and random I mean, and phony, like... Why would they... Like, what is the point of that scene? Like, this is... <laughs> I'm trying to put my critic's hat on here and, like, give you good podcast material, but, like... This is good podcast material. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. The extent of my insight here is, what's the point of that? <laughs> Guys, we're stumped. I'm stumped. <laughs> I'm, I'm really stumped. Like, is it supposed to be, like, her sexual awakening? Is that what it That's is? That's all I got. And we literally transition... Flowing waterfall. Into a waterfall <laughs> after she's getting railed. <laughs> Like, she's getting... Fuck. <laughs> I'm gonna... We transition into a literal waterfall. Uh... And they're, like, finger-blasting her in the theater. Like... That was the funniest shit, dude. I mean, it's so... Like, is it beautiful? Am I supposed to be like, oh, what a beautiful relationship if only those crazy kids worked out? It... Kind of treats it that way. Yeah, right? but then later they like they blackmail and then they, Dimaggio with naked pictures. Yeah, and so then, like, what am I supposed to think about those guys? And then they've been lying to her the whole time about her father. Yeah, they've just been mailing her letters from her dad. I don't know if this this movie. I can't tell if this movie hates Marilyn Monroe. Does it? I don't know, man. I think Dominic is definitely interested in abusing her. How about that? Is definitely is it? takes a lot of pleasure in putting her through some bad situations. I guess. And I think uh, Ada de Armas was talking to do in this movie because she thought that that was in some way, you know, groundbreaking and feminist and progressive or whatever. But it does not play like that at all. No. Like, I, I, and, and no hate, no hatred whatsoever towards Ana de Armas, who I, was, I we, think we, is doing her best. We were worried about her. She's doing her best. And I think she's actually good in insofar as she's allowed to be good. Yes, 
I think she does what she ha- all she has to do is capture the essence of Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. She didn't even need to try so hard with the voice, honestly. Yeah, the voice I, I actually wasn't distracted by. No, well, it's funny enough. I actually when when I when she gets to the seven year itch part, I was like, you know, I I hear the Spanish, but it else it also sounds just like Marilyn in that scene. If you watch that scene, yeah, it's it's very very. She worked close. with a voice coach for like a year, apparently. So she she put a lot of effort into it. No, it sounds like if Marilyn Monroe had a Spanish parent. Yeah. Okay. But it still kind of sounds like Marilyn. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, but she does a great job with like the cadence and the softness and the, the childlike innocence. And yes, perfectly captures the Marilyn vibe. It is not, it's not that sort of like caricature SNL sketch impression that you get out of like a lot of modern biopics. No. Like it's not like Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> it's not... Uh, yeah, it, it, a lot of celebrity biopics, there, there's been just an onslaught of them over the last five or ten years. And usually they play like Christian Bale and Vice or whatever. They they usually come across as yeah. very one dimensional. And no, I, I am. This is good. Although she is not written as a real character, I, when I look at her and she is just being when she just exists, I believe that it is a real person I am watching. Yes. You know, because she's that good. Yes, she's very good and just very compelling. Um, You're but, absolutely right, though, when you mentioned uh, uh, Adrian Brody, because he is not in the same movie. He's so good. He's really it's one, it's one of the best performances he's ever given. <laughs> he's really good, man. He's doing good work. He's doing really good work. <laughs> Uh, just popping up and shit these days. <laughs> Ever since we watched Predator, you're like, or Predators, you're like, yeah. you know, maybe he's all right. Of all movies, yeah. Pred- Predators is the one. That- <laughs> no, he came into succession for like one episode and okay. he's really awesome. And it like, yeah, he is a convincing Arthur Miller. And yes. again, he is. And Cannavale does what he can do. But I mean, I get that, that DiMaggio is just not a real person either. No. Uh, but there is a legit romance between the two of them, and I kind of wish that the movie had just been that. Ju- had just been that. But again, then again, that would not be the movie. That God, isn't it's the movie such that a we're better watching. movie. It's yeah. such a better movie. No, again, make the movie you want to make, Andrew Dominic, but don't miss. And when you miss, then you're going to get a bunch of people second guessing you. If why didn't you just make this a love story? Why didn't you just make this a straight down the middle biopic? You know why? Why'd you take liberties with it? Well, it also doesn't help that it's a hell of a swing. I mean, this is a, as big of a swing as you could possibly have. Yes. And it could end really bad. Like, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. This is, this is circling that black hole of the Book of Henry's and stuff like that. Mm. It's one of those kind of confounding what were you thinking kind of movies. Yes. What I'm afraid of, and I've been afraid of this for a while now, is that Netflix is just going to stop investing in movies like this. And that's the terrifying part, that they're just going to keep making the Adam Project and the Gray Man and, uh, you know, all that nonsense. Uh, Red Notice. Um, that Because, uh, like, this is not, this that, was only like a $20 million movie. It wasn't super duper expensive, but. Uh, well, the controversy around it is, it's, it's popular, dude. Yeah. Maybe been. people are watching it. I don't know. Maybe I, it's, it's worked out well for I them. Don't, I don't think anybody's finishing this movie. I doubt <laughs> anybody's finishing this movie. But what you just described, though, I, I will, I will give the movie this where it's like, I, I, I would, I, I guess I would take more filmmakers going for it than filmmakers who are, uh, on Netflix who are just making, you know, those, those like the free guys and, and, you know, the red notice and Adam project and gray man, like that feels like 1984 to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Brave new world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh yeah. We're in the future. The only movie star is Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> we're in brave new world, by the way. We've yeah, been that we're, way for a long we're time. We're here already. Uh, 
but Deadpool no, it, three coming to a theater uh, near you with Hugh Jackman at back as Wolverine. He's back. He's my, back. My, my, I, I'm, I'm a little dead inside. I have to be honest. Uh, yeah. Yes. Just uh, the power of that Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Remember, I mean, go. I don't know how they talked him into it. God, go back to Van Wilder, please. <laughs> yeah, the guy, like Jackman. Like he he was done. He was out. It was so perfect. It's like the he was mo- out. It is perhaps the most perfect. It's like in Breaking ending. Bad, where Walter White, like he, he finally gave it up, and then Hank found the fucking book on the toilet. Yeah, and it's like the same thing. It's like Jackman. He left. He Logan was the last one. It's perfect. You're g- and I think he ventured away and tried doing serious shit, and there was. No audience for it. So, all right. Guess I'm doing Wolverine again. That's fucking nuts. Right? It's depressing. It's depressing is what it is. <sighs> you know? There's yeah. just no roles for him out there, it turns out. Just got to play Logan one more time. He's a good actor, though. I he like is. Him. He is a good actor. I like Hugh Jackman a lot. He did. Did you see Bad Education from a couple years ago? No, I didn't. I it was on it. HBO. But, like, and, you know, like listen, that's, that's a good movie that got pushed to HBO, like the linear HBO as as a TV movie mm. right before HBO Max came out and yeah I don't know like I think like he's trying I think he he, he wanted to he wanted to sort of push the boundaries a little bit and uh, now nah, it turns out nobody pays the big bucks like fucking Disney man but it's so pathetic seeing him go back to Ryan Reynolds right his outstretched arms <laughs> It's like it's like fucking it's like it's Polly in 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 Goodfellas and right. Ray Liotta's coming crying. It's right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Now I got to turn my back on you. <laughs> uh, poor guy. Poor guy. Uh, anyway, uh, blonde. What other thoughts do you have about this movie? Yeah, it's 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 another one. Give I, me some more silver linings. Do you have any? Um, Were there any scenes where it's like that's an idea, like that's worth exploring? Uh, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is interesting about this movie? What does this movie tell me that I didn't already know? Right. I, I got nothing. Yeah. I think I got nothing. I guess it was cool seeing Jack Lemon again. That's that's cool. Seeing Jack Lemon in the, you know. Some Like It Hot? Yeah. That, I, li- I liked the Some Like It Hot scenes. Uh, I, I, I liked sort of the callbacks to old, just because I'm a nerd that way. I thought the recreations were kind of cool. They transposed her onto those scenes. Yes. I thought that was cool. Yeah, like the Tony, uh, Tony. I don't think that scene where. He, oh, that wasn't Lemon. That, was, that was Curtis. Lemon. Yeah. Yeah, that was Tony Curtis. There is a, it's strangely, there is the nobody's perfect line and it's not Jack Lemon. Yeah. I don't understand. Oh, yeah. What was that? Oh, right. It's, you know, this movie sucks. Jack Lemon isn't in this movie. This movie kind of sucks. You're right. I thought I saw Jack Lemon. Yeah. Uh, Tony Curtis. You're uh, totally right. Yeah, dude, this movie sucks. Fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. You can't even put Lemon in the yeah. movie? Yeah, fuck this movie. Are you kidding? Yeah, I, I was like getting there. I was like, do I hate it or do I just, I, I, I'm never going to like it, but do I hate it? Uh, JFK scene. What'd you think of that? <laughs> so that's probably the reason why it's okay. NC-17. Okay. I think the reasons it's NC-17 are the vagina shots. Yeah. There's also, there's an erect penis that shows up for like half a second in the earlier rape scene. And I don't know if you caught it. It's like it's split second. It's like, and I had to rewind it. I'm like, is that what I think it is? Yeah. Erect penis in the, uh, with the executive that's supposed to be Daryl Zinnick. Ah. Yeah. 
Really? Uh, allegedly. Okay. Um, damn. Ah, the JFK scene. Where to begin? <laughs> but Marilyn Monroe gives JFK a blowjob, and she's coerced into giving JFK a blowjob. Uh, as he is solving the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yes, is that what's happening? Right. And the Secret Service is just like outside watching. Uh, if it sounds stupid. <laughs> and meanwhile, JFK is watching an old science fiction film featuring flying saucers crashing into. United States monuments. Why is he watching that? Such is it, is it? But it, it like it, it. He they cross cut it with him. Like, is that was that his getting mo- an orgasm? Was that his uh the the cocktail he needed to solve the Cuban Missile Crisis? He needed uh he needed War of the Worlds and he needed a blowjob from Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> I mean, it's really <laughs> offensive. It's it really really bad. Yeah, it's really bad. I despised this scene yeah listen listen <laughs> listening like i like my out there weird i love the driller killer you know i sure. love crazy crazy movies i you know i, <laughs> 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 I forget how funny this movie is <laughs> and you know something i like i like i even to uh admire aspects of cannibal holocaust if you could believe it mm. <laughs> but thinking of as as someone who's like who's who who loves actors and and worked alongside them worked with them as a matter of fact god i cannot imagine writing a script where they have to do anything like this because it's like the most dehumanizing bullshit yeah i've seen in a very long for time. no reason no for none what like, why for i mean it's it's just another another trap door in the house of horrors i mean that's all it really is it, it i mean it's disturbing yeah but what's the point yeah i'm not really sure what it's meant to say because again it's played for it's kind of played for laughs cross-cutting it with that movie like they they show like but it's not funny they show not- like a rocket being launched into space and it kind of is meant to be phallic and like so they're kind of playing it for laughs, but it doesn't play as funny uh like it's told from his point of view. It's not really even told from her point of well, view. She, well, she does have the voiceover where she's saying, "Yes, just take oh, the it." Voiceover so bad. Take yeah. it and swallow. Right. <laughs> God damn. And then the way it's shot by like just showing the bottom of her lips as it's going up yes. and down is so uncomfortable. Yes. Right. Uh, she, God damn it. And I hate that Dominic's like I refuse to edit my movie for an R rating. Fuck the MPAA. And it's like, no, nah, I mean, you could have taken that scene out. You would have got an R rated movie and it would have been a better movie. Well, <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, it's not worth protecting. How is this scene any different from the other abuse scenes? That's my question. Oh, I mean, it isn't. I mean, it's, I mean it's, it really isn't. It's, it's crazy in that, like, it's the more explicit and it's JFK, but like, es- essentially... From a thematic standpoint. No, the same thing happens to her throughout the entire yeah, uh, movie. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. The same thing happens. Yes. And the movie can sort of fool you into thinking it's diverse and, and off the wall. and, and no. It's the same by, scene. By changing the visuals, but it is exactly right. Every thought, scene is played the same way. God. Every scene. Because I, I... I was a little disgusted by it. I'll be honest. Yeah. I kind of was. Yeah. I kind of was. You know... I felt really bad. I wanted to, I wanted to, I imagine, 
I imagine Ana de Armas running to her booth and crying after that, and I want to give her a hug. She seems like she had a good time, man. I don't know. She seems very proud of this movie and this performance. She, I, well, she, I mean, she's she has defended it at every turn. Yeah. She's good. She's good. She's yeah. good. She's good. The performance is good. It's something. Her performance is something I think she can be uh, legitimately proud of. I'm just not sure about this movie, though. I don't know. Yeah, no. I mean, it's just it's the it's the kind of movie that uh, an idiot makes. <laughs> it's like dumb. It's the kind of movie where. You know, uh, a character gets impregnated and they show a sperm actually impregnating an egg and they crossfade it with the stars. And there's a scene where a, a fetus and CGI, multiple fetuses, uh, have a conversation with their mother. And uh, and then there's also another moment where she falls down and, the you know, the, her fetus fills with blood. Yeah, it starts it, hemorrhaging. It's, and, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just... It's just inane shit. It's just inane bullshit. I mean, and it's offensive. It's offensive not because it's morally repugnant, but because it's dumb. You know, that's I think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Right. And mm. where I, I differ with the larger consensus on this movie and I differ with like film Twitter is most people find the movie itself to be immoral and I'm... find the people that like it to be evil. I don't feel that way. No, I, don't I feel find that the way, movie but... to be dumb and I find the people that like it to be stupid. <laughs> that is and that is where my opinion begins and ends. I don't make any moral judgments. I just think it's dumb. Because it, it yes, cuz it's a simple movie to break down when yeah. you really get down to it is the thing. Yes. For that reason, it's like all those things are serving the same per- every scene is the same scene. Yeah. Every scene's the same scene. Right. <laughs> Yes, you're right. It's idiotic. It's an idiotic, stupid fucking movie mm. that has the audacity to try to be more. That mm-hmm. has the audacity to be provocative in a way that's interesting when really it is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have many good things to say about it aside from Ana de Armas, and I just, I just want her to, I want her to show up in the upcoming Blade Runner 2099. I'll be happy with that if she shows up as Joy again. Fuck yeah! But like, goddamn, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, it's 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 not a good movie. It is it. I I yeah. I don't like it, and it's gotten significantly worse during this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's always fun. It's it's. I'll give it this. It's a. It's fascinating. I, I, I anybody who sees this movie, you're gonna have a hell of a conversation with afterwards. Right. I will give it that. Like, yes. Like sit down with your buddies after this movie. Right. And then just sit in in like like in utter amazement, not in a good way, but in utter amazement by what you just saw, and, and try to form your words on it. <laughs> yeah. Go out for drinks afterwards. That's what I would recommend. Is okay. So here's the thing. Like go, going through the years. I mean, is it this year's? Mother, you know, there's the mothers. Oh, I think it's 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 cultural staying power is going to be much larger than mothers. I would agree. Yeah, you know? but like this year's like midsummer, you know. Uh, Last year was probably malignant, I guess. Yeah. No. I. I wow. I love I love these like like co- this collection of movies. Some are great. Some are terrible. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't even know what the last one was. Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, it's it, it's hard for movies to achieve this level of, you know, controversy and scandal. I guess you know the 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 nearest thing is probably Joker. The nearest thing to it, just in terms of the reaction that it's gotten out of people, sure. Uh, and that you know, it, it's kind of 
in a weird way. It's, it's kind of hard to hate the movie because it's clearly getting a rise out of the people that it's trying to get a rise out of. That's true. It's a, it's effective. It is effective in that regard. Yeah, but, you know, and one of the things that I found really funny about Joker is how people like lost their minds about it. You know what I mean? And like had all of these larger socio-political conversations about it. But it when really it's just a fucking dumb movie about a Batman villain. Yeah. And this is just a dumb movie about a, you know, a, an actress. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know? And it kind of almost doesn't deserve the scrutiny that it's gotten. But just because it's so dumb. I, <laughs> but I, I will agree that I think it'll it'll invite a longer conversation than Joker. Yes. I think people got to the bottom of Joker pretty quickly where they're like, oh, like, I, I don't even mind Joker now, but I don't. I don't yeah, I, Joker's fine. I don't view it beyond just like, like you said, just a movie about a, a villain, right? You know, and that's that, right? I don't talk about it like this is the sociopolitical movie of our time. No, but it's it's the one yeah. thing yeah. that its critics and its fiercest defenders had in common is that they both thought it was more important than it actually was. You know. Yep. And I think this movie is very similar in that the people that defend it and the people that hate it believe that it is important and uh oh, fuck that and it's just <laughs> oh, screw it's that. just not oh screw that bullshit how about that scene where she sees her daddy in the skies in the stars and Remember when, when she's, she's dying like, she's having sex with chaplin jr and they <laughs> crossfade from a picture of charlie chaplin the father to a picture of her father it's it's it sucks <laughs> sucks all right this is a bad movie uh yeah but I, I'm, I'm so surprised that it's this bad like, did we get a good podcast out of it at least i would argue yes i would say so yeah no and, <laughs> i think if anything we got some pretty good material this well, is the most animated we've gotten about a movie in a while yeah no well that's the thing it's rare that something like this gets this out of us yeah you know I, I was, you know, when we were talking about Barbarian, I kind of hoped that would be it. And, you know, right. I didn't quite get there. We just, but hey, you know, it's like, I was happy I at least saw a good movie. Right. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you had high hopes for this one. I did. I thought it would be like one of my favorites of the year and it's, mm, it's pretty low now. It could be one of my least favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I did not expect that to happen. I didn't expect to kind of hate this movie and absolutely utterly fall in love with 3000 years of longing yeah i thought 3000 years of longing would be totally solid just totally, fine totally totally agree but it's one of my favorite movies of the year totally agree. what the hell's going on <laughs> yeah completely yeah uh, listen been a really solid year but I, I the the movies at the top of my list were not the ones i expected at all no no did i think top gun maverick would be one of my favorites of the year absolutely not no you know i can't uh, believe top gun maverick is still in my top 10 I was so oh sure. God, movie I was, rules. Dude. So sure there was like there's no way it's even getting in there. Yeah. Let alone staying in. It. It's gonna be there. Oh, it's <laughs> gonna the be there. The yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure it'll be my like in my top five, but it'll. It's not. I don't think it's leaving my top ten. Yeah. It's been a fun year, man. There's been a lot of good ones. Yeah. And there's um, more to come. And there's plenty more to come. It's gonna be a really fun Oscar season, I think. Uh, I think everyone had had this movie penciled in too, which is kind of funny. I, I, I don't oh, see this really have a fucking shot. Doesn't have a shot. No so way. Feels like you know the the actor and actress races are are pretty open, so it should be a good time. Man, all right, crazy. I, I, no, I just, it's just come on, Luca Guadagnino, don't let me down. Oh yeah, that movie's coming this year. Yeah, that movie looks so good. Yeah, like unbelievably good. I mean, he had my favorite movie of 2018. So yeah, uh, was it that your favorite movie 2018? Suspiria. Oh, wow. Spears a fucking masterpiece. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Blonde. Uh, we'll be back next week, maybe? Next week? We're going to do a podcast about prequels. That's the plan. <laughs> we are going to get in a lot of fights on that one because I have something up my sleeve. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. You'll find out. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about the best prequels. And it's a weird list. Cinema. <laughs> Turns out there's not many of them. <laughs> nope. Uh, but that might, that might make it fun. Uh, we're going to figure out exactly why prequels are never good and why some prequels are. Yes. That's the plan, right? Yes. And I, I would agree. Yeah. Cool. All right. <sighs> Anything else? I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't believe I watched this movie. <laughs> Until next time, boys and girls. Hey, happy movie hopping. Try, please. (laughs) 